back to follow. Goodness. Thank you, explorers. I know what you're thinking. You're thinking Christmas is over, so why am I dressed like this and all this loud jewelry? And I, yes, I know it's loud. I had some people tell me after the first service, do you know your jewelry is making noise? I said, I do. I told Mr. Matthew when I came in this morning. He controls all the microphones. I said, Mr. Matthew, I know my jewelry is loud. I am not blaming you. I'm just embracing it, okay? I'm embracing it. Christmas Day may be over, but nothing can stop my joy from going on and on. Explorers, you have been learning this month that joy is finding a way to be happy even when things don't go your way. And isn't that a good lesson for all of us, no matter our age? Joy is finding a way to be happy even when things don't go your way. I mean, let's be honest. It's kind of a bummer when Christmas is over and the gifts are put away and the food is gone and people have gone back home. Does anybody already have the Christmas tree put away at your house? Okay, nobody, yeah, that's good, because that would be so sad. Well, here's the good news. Our joy doesn't have to stop just because Christmas is over. Let's, you heard it once already, but let's say again our memory verse for this month. Everybody together, boys and girls and adults too, let's say it together. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again. Rejoice, Philippians 4. Great job. Last week in Explorers, you talked about an event that all of God's story had been leading up to, the birth of Jesus, God's son. Jesus is the savior that God had promised, the one who would rescue his people once and for all. When Jesus was born, a group of shepherds were the very first to hear about it. And you would think that a message this huge, this important, would have been shared with people who were really powerful, maybe some rich people. But God chose to tell the shepherds first. However, the shepherds weren't the only people that God told about the new king. Far to the east lived a group of men who were considered very wise. And just like the shepherds, God sent these wise men the news of Jesus' birth in a very special way. God told them about Jesus with a star in the sky. Now, if you look around the room, you will notice that there are some stars with pictures drawn on them. And those are going to help us to tell the story today. But I'm going to need your help searching for the right one. So, at the risk of this getting totally out of control. Who would like to be my first helper? You can raise your hand. You're going to help me find the right star. I see Sylvan's hand. Okay, come here, Sylvan. Okay, I'm going to have to get up and come here. All right, you're all going to help Sylvan and I with this. Come on up. Here's our first clue. The first star that we're looking for is pointing the way. Pointing the way. So all of you point to which star you think we're looking for. Which star is pointing the way? Okay, Sylvan, they're pointing over here. Let's see. Let's come up. Come, come this way, sweetheart. All right. They're pointing the way. All right. 
They're pointing to this with the arrow. I think it's a good guess. Ding, 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 ding. Can you lift that star off the hook? You can reach out and touch it, lift it up and off the hook. Great job. Awesome. Let's turn it over. And the back says, Miss Joella, help us read this. The back says, let's say it all together, how did the wise men know the star was special? Great question. You have been an excellent helper, Sylvan. You can go back to your seat. Give her a hand. You can go back. Do you see mom and dad over there? Okay, great. How did the wise men know the star was special? I'm so glad that you asked. Well, when you and I look up into the sky, we see something very beautiful. If you have better eyes than me, you might be able to pick out some constellations, maybe Orion or the Big Dipper. But the sky was much more than that to the wise men. The wise men belonged to a long line of scholars and astronomers who studied the night sky, and they tracked the movements of all the stars. And one night, a bright star appeared that the wise men had never seen before. The star wasn't marked on any of their maps, so they knew this star meant something important. All right, I need a next helper for the next clue. I see a hand. Right over here, Miss Ellie. Okay, Ellie. You all help Ellie and I out here. We are looking for a star. Let's see, where's my clue? Let's see, there's something different about this next star, something that sets it apart from all the rest. Which star stands out above all the rest? They seem, to be, they seem to be pointing this way, Ellie, to the really glittery one. Let's try it. Is this it? Ding, 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 ding. Good answer, good answer. Can you lift it off its hook, Miss Ellie? Excellent. Bring it over here. Maybe Mr. Richard will help us read the back. Let's read it together. How did the wise men know to look for a star? Great question. And Ellie, you've been a great helper. You can go back to mom and dad now. Give Ellie a hand. did the wise men know to look for a star? Well, you might remember a time in Explorers when you talked about Daniel and the lion's den. Daniel was one of God's people who was living in a faraway place called Babylon. Daniel could interpret dreams and visions through the power of God. And so several kings made him an advisor because that was a really helpful thing to know how to do. And that's probably how the wise men who lived there had record of the writings and prophecies of Jewish people. That's probably how they knew the Savior was, was to come. They may have heard some promises like this one. A star will come out of Jacob. A scepter will rise out of Israel from Numbers 24, 17. Now, years later, because of Daniel, our wise men would likely have a written record of these prophecies, especially those referring to the night sky, because that's what they were really interested in. They knew about a promised Savior, and so they kept an eye on the sky for the news that God had fulfilled his promise. 
On the Bible timeline, Daniel lived in that time I put a red rectangle around. We call that time the exile. And what Daniel did and what Daniel said got written down and passed on to the next generation and the next generation and the next generation so that the wise men knew all those things. By the time we get to our story for today, which is in the gospel. See that next red rectangle. Well, when the wise men saw the special star, they decided to head west in search of a new king. To honor him, they gathered royal gifts and journeyed across the desert. They knew it would be a long and difficult trip. Traveling miles across hot sand isn't really fun, especially when you're riding on the back of a camel. But they were committed. At last, the wise men reached Jerusalem, and they asked, Where is the child who has been born to be king of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose, and now we've come to worship him. Matthew 2.2. Now, at the time, Herod was the king. When King Herod heard that these men were searching for a new king, he asked the priests and teachers of the law where the Savior was supposed to be born. The religious leaders knew the prophecy, so they told Herod that the Savior would be born in Bethlehem. All right, I need another star from the wall, another helper. Who's my next helper? Oh my goodness, this one's getting a boost. All right, Diego, you want to be my helper? Here's our clue. Our next, you all need to help Diego and I and his helper, a helper for the helper. Here's our next clue. Our next star marks exactly where you need to go. You might say, I've dropped a pin in it. I've dropped a pin. Oh, they're pointing this way. Let's go. Let's go, team. Team Gackenbach, let's go find the next star. Let's see. Everyone seems to be pointing this way. Ding, 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 ding. Good choice. Good choice. Can you take it off its hook? Good job. All right. Turn it over. Turn it over. Let's see. Miss Trudy will help us read the back. Bring it here so she can see. We'll read it together. Can we we still read these prophecies today? today? Great question. Thank you, Diego and Priscilla, Team Gackenbach, everybody. Way to go. Can we still read these prophecies today? Well, back then, prophecies were written on scrolls and protected because the people knew that they were special. And that's how they got saved, and we can read those same prophecies in our Bibles today. Like this one, Bethlehem, though you are small among the clans of Judah, out of you will come for me, one who will be ruler over Israel, Micah 5, 2. Well, now that Herod knew the Savior would be born in Bethlehem, he secretly got the wise men together. They told him the exact time when the star had appeared, and then he said, go and search carefully for the child. As soon as you find him, report it to me. Then I can go and worship him too. Matthew 2, 8. All right. We need a next star from the wall. We need a helper. 
I see a helper here appearing in the center aisle. All right, our next star is very tricky. You're going to need to help me with this. It's tr our next star is trying to hide its true intentions behind a disguise. When you think you know it, point to it. A disguise. They seem to be pointing this way. Let's go, let's go see what we can find. It's hiding behind a disguise. Oh, let's see. Disguise. They seem to be pointing up here. Oh, this one has sunglasses and a mustache. Let's pull it off there. Let's see what it says. Excellent. All right. Maybe Mr. Jacob will help us read this. Let's read it together. Did Herod really want to worship Jesus? Oh, my, good question. Great job. You can head back to your seat. A round of applause. Did Herod really want to worship Jesus? Well, Herod said he wanted to worship Jesus, but that was a lie. Herod didn't like the idea that there might be a new king. He felt jealous, so he came up with a plan to find Jesus and kill him. The wise men didn't know Herod wasn't telling the truth, and so they went on their way searching for the child. At night, the star led the way and then stopped. Seeing the star made them so joyful. Their search had finally come to an end. They had found the new king. They learned that his name was Jesus, and they worshipped him. They gave Jesus the gifts they had brought from all the way across the desert. They gave him gold, frankincense, and myrrh. There are two stars left, but we only need one of them. Who will be my last helper? You will be my last helper. All right, here's the clue. The wise men brought gifts worthy of a king. Which star do you think goes with this part about gifts? They seem to be pointing this way. Let's go get it. Let's go get it. That other star has a KU Jayhawk on it. This one has a gift. I think this is it. Ding, 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 ding. Good choice. Pull it off there. Great. Up, up, up it goes. Oh, oh. Excellent job. Oh, good. We got a team. Maybe Miss Sarah will help us read this. Turn it over. Let's turn it over so she can see. Okay, let's read it together. Why did the wise men choose those gifts? Excellent question. You are both great helpers. You can have a seat. Why? Why did the wise men choose those gifts? Well, they weren't just random gifts. And they weren't just giving away things that they didn't want anymore. Not that any of us would ever do that, right? <clears throat> they gave Jesus their absolute best. Each gift was a symbol representing something. The first gift was gold, which demonstrated that Jesus was king. The second gift was frankincense, a symbol to show that Jesus was God's son. And the third gift was myrrh which was a hint that one day Jesus would die on the cross. The wise men were filled with joy because they had finally found Jesus. It was time for them to report back to Herod and then to go home. But in a dream, God told them not to go back to Herod. So they went back to their home country a different way. And this week's bottom line is... 
You can find joy when you search for God. We don't have to study the stars like the wise men did. But do you know what we can study? We can study the Bible. It tells us about God. It tells us about what's important to him. We can also talk to God anytime, anywhere, about anything. We can see how great God is when we look at what God has created. We can also learn more about God when we talk to a friend about him. There are reminders of God everywhere, and we make the wise choice when we choose to search for him. How can searching for God bring you joy? What about this? What if you want to go play at a friend's house, but mom or dad says no? Instead of being upset, you could choose joy by going out in your backyard or out on the balcony and enjoying God's creation. You could remember that God is with you even when you feel alone. Or you could talk to him about how you're feeling and know that he cares. I have something that I've asked Miss Bonnie to pass out for me for all the boys and girls up through fifth grade, and it is this. It's the Search for God day-to-day journal. You can get started by uh, decorating the front cover and the back cover, and then you can use this journal this week each day to think about where you found God that day. You can write it or you can draw it. And uh, students and adults, not a bad idea for the rest of us as well. These journals will remind you to search for God because you find joy when you search for God. That's the bottom line for kids today. And I think that that's true for all of us. But I'm gonna take just a few minutes now and talk to the rest of us about another truth that I think that we find in this passage. Same passage, Matthew 2. Another truth you will find here, brothers and sisters, is that you find joy when you submit in spite of circumstances. You find joy when you submit in spite of circumstances, when you submit gladly. As I read over this passage many times in preparation for today in several different translations, here is what stood out to me. Part of the wise men's circumstances was that they didn't have the whole story. They didn't have every question answered. We don't know what all they had from Daniel's time, but Daniel's time was 500, 600 years before this. Some things have happened since then, including things that happened right before this with Zechariah and Elizabeth, with Mary and Joseph, with shepherds and angels. These wise men don't know about any of that. They also don't know what's gonna happen after this. Jesus' miracles, his teaching, his trial, his crucifixion, his resurrection, his ascension. They don't know. So far, what's happening probably doesn't meet their expectations. They naturally came looking for the king of the Jews at the Jewish capital of Jerusalem. That makes sense. Maybe they didn't know at all about that prophecy that he would be born in Bethlehem, or maybe they thought by now, months later after his birth, surely he's moved into a royal residence. But instead, 
They get to Jerusalem. They find out no one in authority knows anything about him. And he's still with his parents in his relative's guest room at an obscure little town called Bethlehem. These wise men have got to be thinking, king of the Jews, how's this going to work? But even though they didn't have every question answered and circumstances did not match their expectations, it says in verses 10 and 11, when they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshiped him. Not because of circumstances, because honestly, the circumstances were pretty mixed. But by faith, they were overjoyed, and they bowed down and worshiped him. Submit gladly. Now, you and I have much more of the story than the wise men had. But we still have some unanswered questions, don't we? I've got some unanswered questions. Why did God allow that to happen? How is this going to get resolved? When will there be breakthrough over here in this situation? We see some signs of God's greatness and goodness like the wise men did, but we also see some other things that are not so good, that don't line up with our expectations. So what would it look like for you and I to submit in spite of the circumstances, to submit gladly, even to be overjoyed, even in the midst of an incomplete story, unanswered questions, and unmet expectations? In my soul... I know that that's the right response to Jesus because he's worth it. He is worthy of that kind of faith and that kind of response. He's God and he doesn't owe us explanations or answers, but rather in the midst, he meets us with his presence, his comfort, his truth. As I was preparing for this message this morning, I heard the Holy Spirit whisper in my ear, you know, Jen, sometimes you're a little bit like Herod. So relax, you're all leaving with your heads attached this morning. That's not the way in which I'm like Herod. But Herod liked being king. And he liked running his kingdom. And he wasn't looking for a star. And he didn't know the Savior was going to be born in Bethlehem. And he was not happy when he found out that there was a new king in town. His response in verse 3 is recorded like this. He was disturbed, and all Jerusalem with him. Disturbed. (laughs) Herod's response to all of this was actually the opposite of submitting gladly. Instead of submitting gladly, he rebelled manipulatively. So here's the truth, confession time. I like being king of my life. I like running the kingdom of my life. I like making my own decisions and my own judgments and setting my own priorities. And the idea that there is another king on the scene who is here to upset my status quo, 
that's disturbing. That's irritating. (laughs) King Jesus is born to save. Yes, praise the Lord. But King Jesus was also born to rule. And not just to rule out there over those people, but to rule in here over me. And the truth is, I don't always rejoice over that. I don't always gladly, wholeheartedly, unreservedly bow down and worship him. Even though in my soul I know that that is the right response to Jesus. I know that he's worthy of it and he deserves it. And the intersection of those things is my invitation to repent and to turn and to die to my sin and to die to the part of me that's still a little bit like Herod. You see, this passage, Matthew 2, is in part a comparison and a contrast between the wise men and Herod. What happened to the wise men? Well, they found joy when they searched for God. They found God when they submitted to God even with their unresolved questions. (laughs) And they went home rejoicing. That's what happened to the wise men. What happened to Herod? Well, if you read his story, you will find out that he died in misery, full of bitterness and rage, and he took as many people with him as he possibly could. That's what happened to Herod. And what about Jesus, the little baby in the center of this whole story? What happened to Jesus after this day? Well, Philippians 2 tells us this. Jesus, who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a human being, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God exalted him to the highest place gave him the name that is above every name, that the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth and every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of the Father. Amen. Amen. Let's pray. God, for those of us who have something in our circumstances today that we consider an obstacle to submitting gladly to you, For those of us who have that unanswered question or that grievance against you, would you bring that into the light and meet with us? May we come to know what it means to joyfully bow down even in the midst of that because you're worthy, you're worth it, and that's what you deserve. And for those of us who are just not happy about the prospect of your reign in our lives, bring that into the light. Show us how that dynamic is at work. And may we know what it means to turn from our own rule, our own sin, to your rule. Because you're worthy and you deserve it. We commit to learning to finding our joy in you. Amen.